glad you're, you're here tonight. Uh, let me take a real quick second because um, just in case you don't know, this is Cole Farlow. Cole is our student pastor and our social media pastor. He does a little bit of both. N nobody here does one job. Everybody does a bunch of jobs. And uh, Cole, why don't you explain uh, or why don't you share a little bit about our student ministry just for those who might not know. Yeah, what up, y'all? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Second Chance Students, Wednesday night, 6.30 to 8, uh, 6th through 12th grade. Actually, this Wednesday night, we, we've, had, we've had some awesome summer programming this whole summer. This Wednesday night, we're actually throwing a funeral for summer. We're going to have a casket. We're going to have black roses. I'm going to be dressed in black. It's going to be amazing. I know. Did you even know that? I, dude, I might even wear one of those funny hats with, like, the black nets that go across. Who knows? Not really. That's a joke. It's <laughs> morbid, man. It's kind of sick. You have a funeral for summer. Yeah, man. I mean, R.I.P. I, listen, man, I love it. I mean, Going I back to school. Great idea. <laughs> I'm not in student ministry. Perry will not be there, no, apparently. I, I, I love it. I love it. I yeah. think it's a great idea. Thanks. All right, so you ready to do some of these questions? I, maybe. Maybe. We, listen, we literally don't know what's coming up on the screen. We don't know. It's been an and interesting so, day so far. It's been a fascinating day. We are Second Chance Church simply because of the questions we're getting. So here we go. Question, question number one. Cole, how do you keep your shoes so white? What's your secret? I feel like yours are white. I don't, I, to, I'm going to be honest, I don't know. I don't really do anything. I just don't walk through mud, I guess. <laughs> well, there, there's Addie, a, yeah, there is great. a secret. You get an old toothbrush and some shampoo, and if you get a spot on your shoe, put some lukewarm water on it, take the shampoo, scrub it with a toothbrush, comes right off. Hey. That's what for I do. The, for those that say you never learn anything at church, booyah. Boom. All right. Next question. Oh, here we go. Mm. Okay. Well, there's always a question behind the question. Um, so let, let me, let me. Oh, screw it. Let me just answer the question. Um, my mom died of cancer. It was painful. It was brutal to watch. And in 1982, the doctor pulled my dad aside and said, quote, one day marijuana will be legalized in this country. But until then, I can't officially tell you that marijuana would help her not to be in pain. The next day, we had a pound of pot. <laughs> I'd never seen marijuana. I walked in. I said, what is that? He said, it's dope. <laughs> I was like, are we going to get arrested, you know? And I watched my mom, one of the godliest women on the planet, to this day, um, use it to medicate her pain. Now, was that right? I don't know. Uh, I just didn't like to see her suffer. But the real question behind this question is, is what, what is your health reasons? I have anxiety. You don't, then you don't need weed. You do not need weed. I'm ang I get nervous in certain situations. Then you do, weed calms me down. No, weed makes you high. I've had people ask me, what's the difference between 
drinking a beer and smoking a joint. It's very simple. You can drink a beer and not get drunk. You cannot smoke a joint and not get high. So it depends on your health reasons. And medically, it kills brain cells. It literally kills brain cells. So that's my take on it. Cole, you want to disagree like you did this morning? <laughs> almost got kicked off stage. No, I mean, I guess I would kind of answer almost similar to you. I would say, like, what, what are you medicating? Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a difference between, like, drugs that are prescribed to, to help an issue. And, I mean, I, I've medicated issues with a lot of things before. And it's, it's never fixed me. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think there's always something a little deeper probably that, that like, man, I'm, I'm trying to fix something about myself using a, a substance or sex or a relationship or, you know, food, you name it. Um, and, and the reality is I, I feel like those things will never actually fill that, that gap in our hearts, that, that thing we're really looking for. Don't, don't try to stop a bullet wound with a Band-Aid in other exactly. words. Yeah, yeah. So hope that answers your question. Uh, the people that disagree, it, this, we always get this question, and people always approach me in the lobby afterwards going, now about that pot question, you're confessing. You do understand <laughs> you're confessing. All right, next question. They're just asking for a friend. Asking yeah. for a friend, yeah. God is omnipotent, so he can hear our thoughts. The enemy is not, so how do we prevent the enemy from preying on our struggles that we voice out loud to a friend, spouse, and therapist, Cole? Can you go first? <laughs> Absolutely. So the, the battle for our minds is one of the biggest battles that, that we're going to fight. And the enemy does not know our thoughts, but this is something you got. This, this is something when I learned this, it completely shifted my perspective. Just think about it. Don't answer out loud. Is a bad thought a sin? The answer is, it depends. Because the enemy can put a bad thought in your mind at any time he wants. The enemy can put a bad thought in your mind just like that. And then the trick, because he's a deceiver, is for him to make you think that you thought that thought. That's why you got to test everything. The Bible says one of the earliest verses I memorized was Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. So, so I'm not scared. Listen, I'm not scared to voice my opinions, to voice what I'm thinking, to voice what I'm feeling, because you nailed it at the beginning of this question. God is omnipotent. He knows everything. You know what? He's also all-powerful. And, and so anything that the enemy would try to do to me with my thoughts or my thing, my, something that I express to somebody, anything that the enemy would try, I mean, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm walking in that truth. And, 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 and so the, the, the answer is he, can, he doesn't know our thoughts, but he can, he's got an incredible memory. That's why sometimes you'll be driving down the road and something you did 17 years ago pop in your mind that you haven't thought about in 17 years. That's, that's the enemy. So that's the, hopefully that 
answered the question? Yeah. So when I so when I read this question, there's there's an underlying I guess foundation that I, I kind of want to talk about that I see a lot in in the church, um, and it, it's the fact that like when you accept Christ into your life, spiritually you go from defense to offense, and I, I don't think I don't think we know that. So when I read this question, it's like how can I stay away from the enemy? I I think we need to instead take the posture of the enemy better stay away from me. Um, and I, I talked about this a little bit this morning. Like, I, I don't think we should so much worry about the enemy and, like, you know, seeing what we're doing, seeing what we're struggling with. In, in reality, I think the enemy's not trying to listen to our thoughts. I think he's trying to plant thoughts. Um, little, you know, I call them tiny texts that eventually grow into to bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger things in your life. And, you know, I recently taught our students this. I, I think our brains need a bouncer. And... Every single day, thoughts and emotions are coming in and out of our, our brains. And I think something we do a really bad job at in, in our world today, just as human beings, is we, we tend to allow every thought and emotion just to stay. And, you know, the Bible talks about taking captive, taking thoughts captive and making them obey Christ. I think every thought that comes into your mind, we need to say, hey, are, do you belong to God or do you belong to the devil? Because if, if you're coming from God, welcome, you can stay. If you belong to the devil, you you must be this tall to ride the ride. You know what I mean? You cannot stay. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I do, I think when, it, you know, Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you can change your, your mind, God can change your life. Right. Good. Good. Cole has a Bible degree. I do not. So, next question. How do you guys stay so ludicrously, ridiculously, really good looking? I don't know. I don't know. I it's don't. hard, man. Who wrote that? That was Ryan's? <laughs> Crunch Fitness. No, I was sitting here. I was, I'm glad you said that, Ryan, because I was sitting here going, dear God, on the way home, Shannon's going to be like, who sent that question in? Thanks, thanks, Ryan, for saying that you did that. You know, I don't know, Ryan. We're just trying to be like you, man. We're just trying to be like you. <laughs> trying to be like you. Trying to be like you. All right, next question, please. Get it out of here. God, help us. Satan believes in Jesus but is not a Christian. So what's the difference in believing in Jesus and being a Christian? Oh, that is great. That's great. Yeah. So there's, there's a difference in believing in and putting your faith in for example i could stand beside this chair all day and say i believe in this chair man this chair is amazing this chair is one of the best chairs. this this is the best chair in the world and i believe that it has the power to sustain me i could write poems and songs about the chair but but talking about it than actually putting my faith in it and taking a seat and trusting that it can sustain me is completely different. Satan believes in God, but he has never put his faith in God. There are a lot of people in the church that believe in God, but have never put their faith in God. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who's, who do the will of my Father who is in the heaven. That's, there's a difference between 
believing in and putting our faith in. Satan has never put his faith in God. In fact, he did the ultimate rebellion. He was in the presence of God and turned his back. So that would be my answer. I agree. <laughs> I really hope this chair didn't fall apart during the rest of it because that was, that was, uh, all right, next question. I have a, had a friendship that has brought me down dark paths for many years of my life. How do I get out of it? And how do I forgive myself for the things, places, experiences I've allowed myself to be led into? Uh, okay. A couple things I would say instantly come into my mind. Here's the thing. The reality is I'm a huge believer in the fact that I think you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. You, you tend to just become like the people around you. So first, that's first off. Second off, how do I get out of it? I, honestly, Perry, you, you've talked about this before, so I'm stealing this from you. Thanks. Um, do it. You are just, you are ridiculously in charge of you. <laughs> no one's stopping you from exiting a friendship that's toxic for you. And on that note, like, you know the whole, like, airplane analogy? You, you have to put your mask on before you help other people. So if this person's not helping you be healthy, you... I mean, there's not only can you not help you, you can't help others. So, I don't know. I would encourage you. I mean, if you want to know how to get out of it, I don't know, screw you by. <laughs> That's a great place to start. <laughs> Let me answer this question in two ways. Um, one of the verses I wish that I would have learned very early in life is Proverbs 13:20, which says, walk with the wise and become wiser. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Um, but let me... Let me read this question. Let me read this question like it should have been written. I'm hooking up with somebody that I shouldn't be hooking up with, and I don't want to do it anymore. Um, how do I stop hooking up with this person? That's what, that's, that's what this question is. I've been doing this for 30 years, y'all. That's what this question is. Block their number. Tell them it's over. Get some friends to hold you accountable. And stay the course. Good? Awesome. I mean, if you, if you need to ask, just ask. Just ask. Because we're going we're gonna to dig into this a little bit. This I'm is glad fun. you said that, man. I didn't, read it. I didn't read it that way. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> mind's way more perverted than yours, Cole. That's all I can say. Next question. What would, or would it make you question your faith if aliens turned out, oh, God. I do think it would, I think it would mess with me. I'm just going to, listen, I'm going to be theoretical. I know your answer is going to be, no, they don't exist, but just hear me out. <laughs> if they, honestly, if they turn out to, I would be, I would be confused. Because, I mean, you learn, like, for God so loved the world. But what about the other worlds? I, I know I'm not answering the question. I'm just saying, I, hey, neither, I don't know either. <laughs> that would be tough. They're not real, y'all. They're not real. See, they're not freaking real. You know how I know? You know how I know they're not real? This week, the government said they're real. Now I know they're not real. The same people that told us COVID was going to kill everybody said that aliens are real. Y'all, listen. You're, I, I'm, I know your uncle got kidnapped by one in the trailer park. Please save that story. for. They're not real. They're not real. There's no proof. 
There's no proof. All the pictures are fuzzy. I know an Air Force pilot. No, you don't. You don't know an Air Force pilot, okay? You live in Anderson, South Carolina. There is no Air Force base around here. They're not real. You didn't see the video, man? They're not. Hey, hey let, me tell you, let me tell you why I think they're not real. Let me just tell you why I think they're not real. I think that man was created in the image of God. I think we are so special and so unique in this, because I've had people say, in this big, humongous, expansive universe, you think we're the only people? Yes, I think we're that special. I think we're that special. And we, when, we, when we, listen, we have a hard enough time comparing ourselves to people on this planet. If aliens show up, it's going to get really ridiculous. Right? And if their technology is so advanced, why do they keep crashing? Wow, that's actually an interesting They got point. advanced technology. Well, they keep crashing. They're not real. Man, I've never heard Listen, of if they're real, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. But you know what? Not going to happen. <laughs> they're not real. Bigfoot's not real. Loch Ness Monster's not real. South Carolina Ch National Championship in football's not real. Like, it's not real. <laughs> Next question. Man, you're passionate about that one, man. Are there days you struggle to pray? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No. I'm just kidding. I know your halo was a little crooked when you all in this kidding. morning. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I mean, I think as I've grown, you know that verse that talks about like pr pray without ceasing. Yeah. That's hard to understand. <laughs> but I think as I've grown closer to Jesus, um, I, I think, you know, I think people tend to think that prayer is this constant. You know, it has to be me talking to God. Um, and that's just not true. I think a lot of, especially that verse in particular, is it, like as you get to know Jesus, you know, you, you, you start to grow. Your, your mind starts to grow more like Christ. And when I'm thinking the thoughts that, that, that Jesus is thinking on a more regular basis, I think that's part of that, that pray without ceasing thing. Is, we, you know, it's like, it's like when, I, when I was getting to know Addie, I have to ask questions about who she is. But now I already know who she is, and I, you know, I know what she's going to ask me to do. I know what she likes. And so the conversation doesn't have to happen in order for, for us to be communicating. Does that make sense? And I think as I've grown closer to Jesus, I don't mean to, for that to sound like I'm tooting my own horn or anything, but like I've realized that prayer doesn't have to be this, I kneel down by the bed and I, you know, I get the King James, you know, voice going and I start using thy and the, you know, like, so that, I don't know. That's what I would say I've gotten better at that. Ed, is there any way to put um, Psalm 23, 1 and 2 on like the LED strip back there? Can we do that? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Do what? He gave a Just, half thumb. You gave it. Yeah, that was half. I'll take you a second. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't hear. I'm 52. So um, here, here's the thing about prayer. I learned a long time ago that when I pray, my, my prayer is not to get God to in on my agenda. I pray so I can get in on God's agenda. And I used to struggle with prayer a whole whole, whole lot until somebody taught me years ago how to pray the scriptures. And when I say pray the scriptures, I mean, and, and this has changed my life because when you pray God's word, you pray God's will. Anytime you're praying the word of God, 
you're praying the will of God because God's will and God's word go hand in hand. Now, with that in mind, it'll take another second. Just give me another second. Um, no, I, I want to I show you this. I want to practically show you something um, that, that we can all kind of connect with and understand uh, that will help us out. Um, there we go. So watch this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. So if you're going to pray this, it would look something like this. God, I thank you that you are my shepherd, that you always lead me. And Jesus, I need you to lead me today. Because when you lead me, I know that I lack nothing. I need nothing because you will provide everything for me. Thank you for the times that you've made me lie down in green pastures, in, in places where I could be nurtured, where I could eat, and where I could rest. And thank you that you lead me beside quiet waters so I can be refreshed at the deepest level of my body. Something like, you, that's just God's will. You're praying God's will as you pray God's word. And so, um, do I ever struggle to pray? Yeah. But when I'm really struggling, I just go to God's word. Because when you pray God's word, pray God's will. Next. That, like, refreshed me. Oh. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'm 39 years old and I've been in and out of faith my whole life. I've brought faith into my family and it has done amazing things. I'm a functional alcoholic. I feel that with the amount I drink that I don't have a place to be baptized with my daughter or step into a church knowing that I'm going to go home and drink that same night. Am I crazy for thinking this way? Or since I try to live my life for Jesus, do I need to get my butt in church and go ahead and get baptized to show that I'm giving my life to the Lord? Cole, you kind of answered this this morning really well. So, like, not this exact question, but... Yeah. Um, man. That's a big question, <laughs> literally long. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I'm 29, about to be 30 this year. Um, been in ministry for about 10 years. Um, and yeah, I, I thought probably at, if, I, if you were to ask me back then, like, what, what's your life going to look like when you're 30? Like, where are you going to be at spiritually, you know, with sin, stuff like that? I feel like I thought that I would have been further than I am now, truthfully. But something that I think I've learned for myself is that life and faith in Jesus is all about these, this slow process where over the course of your life, there are these moments where God meets you in the middle of circumstances, in the middle of a relationship, in the middle of a struggle, and, and slowly but surely, he, he changes you. Jesus changes you. And, I, you know, I read a lot of condemnation here. And, you know, Romans 8.1, I love it. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so, there, like, there's this fear in the church. And when I say church, not just, I mean all the churches of, like, this 
I, I need to clean myself up before I, I come and present myself before the Lord. And there's just nothing that could be more untrue. It, it, is that I, everybody, and this is something I, I found kind of funny but kind of sad in ministry. Everybody thinks their struggle is the worst. Everybody, seriously, everybody thinks no one has it as bad as I do. And the, the reality is, is this is not true. I mean, you're, you're looking at two guys, the poster children for people that go to church that screwed it up, you know, especially with alcohol. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even know how to, like, end this. You do not have to clean yourself up, one, to be belong and be, be loved by Jesus, and two, to be at this church. I can't answer for every church. I would say that we need you here. Yep. First of all... First of all, you answered the question. I mean, you know the answer to this question. It's in the last few sentences. Um, you, you, you are welcome at this church. The, the fact that you're admitting that you're struggling indicates that you know where you need to be. And as far as cleaning yourself up, Isaiah said in Isaiah 64, um, 6, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Now that is an unfair translation because the commentators didn't have the guts to say what Isaiah said. Isaiah said that our righteous acts are like a used woman's menstrual cloth. So you take all your prayer time. He didn't say that about our, our bad deeds, our prayer time, our worship, we take all that to God, and we say, look what I did. And he goes, that's a, if that's what you're approaching me with and not through my son, that's a dirty menstrual cloth. So it, it, I don't know who you are, but, man, we'd love to have you here Sunday. You'll probably be your next staff member. <laughs> next question. I would maybe outrun you, at least for like 200 yards. You would, and out, you would outrun me? I said for like 200 yards. Maybe. Should we race? For, for 100 yards. Meters. No, I mean, not today, no. <laughs> Cole, the, the fight question, I, I, I don't know, but said, outrunning I'm not a, me, I'm not you to the next you. level right there. I don't even want to think about Cole, fighting I would you. roll you up and smoke you. Wait, yeah, long distance. No shot. I'm saying 100 meters. I got you. So you went from 200 to 100. You yeah, went from I, now to the end of the I stage. Came like, down. You want to keep changing it? You want to keep changing it? Yeah, let's make it 40. Okay, okay. <laughs> keep changing the story, Joe Biden. Keep changing the story. Next question, please. That's a video. I invite my best friend to church and then to dinner every couple of weeks. She's getting irritated with me inviting her. Do I stop inviting her or stop for a period of time? What do I do? Don't give up. I had a guy invite me for over two years. He didn't give up. He wasn't annoying. He even said, I know this is bothering you, but I'm going to invite you to church. Come one time and I won't ask anymore. Come one time, I'll shut up. I just, I would keep inviting because they're resistant for a reason. It's spiritual. Yeah, yeah, I just feel I've heard so many stories of, I don't know, people that, yeah, were annoyed or 
people that just didn't, I mean, they didn't feel welcome or something. And I don't know, something happened in yeah. their life. And in, in fact, think about this for a minute, Cole. Have you ever met somebody? How did you start coming to church? Somebody invited me. I came the first time, prayed, received Christ, got involved. I've never heard that story. I've never heard that story. In fact, every one of us are here because somebody didn't give up on us. Somebody, some, somebody, some, your mama drug you to church. Somebody kept asking you to come to church. Somebody kept asking you to come back. You kept finding your, like you are here because somebody didn't give up on you. Right? All right. Next. You're getting more applause than me. I better start saying something good. <laughs> I'm troubled with the first part of Romans 13. Paul were alive today, would he be saying the same thing? And what about how this country was founded? We did not obey the government. We rebelled. So what are your thoughts on this in light of the corruption and the tyranny that is occurring now? Ooh. Well, let's go to Romans 13. I feel like you're going to do really good on this one, and I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, crap. I passed it. Oh, I said crap in the reading. The, that's okay. That word's in the Bible, actually. It's actually a worse word. Yeah, it's actually worse. It's scuba, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so let, me, let me basically, let me just kind of do a 30,000-foot Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. And, and it basically goes on to say, you know, government is put in place for a reason. Obey the government. And a lot of people, a lot of pastors, used this, these verses. In fact, I'll just go ahead and raise my hand. I did it at first. I didn't understand. Um. We are to obey the government until the government clearly issues a mandate that is absolutely sinful. And at that point, we've got to stand up and say, we can't obey that law because we have a higher allegiance. We have an allegiance to Jesus. For example, in China, up until just a few years ago, they had a one-child policy. If you got pregnant with a second child, the state mandated that you get an abortion. Christians were going underground to have their babies because they would not submit to China's law over God's law. Now, this, is, this doesn't come down to personal preference. This is 100%. By the way, the government in America, when you, when you read the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, how does it start out? We the people. Who's the government? We the people. We the people. Um, I, it's, a, it's a very confusing situation for some, but it's not a confusing situation for me. I have, I have an allegiance to obey the word of God. So if... If the government ever calls certain things hate speech, but I think I've got to stand on it because it's in the word of God, I will stand on the word of God and not bend or kowtow to the government just to keep our church doors open or to keep our tax-exempt status. Um, we, we've got to obey God rather than men and, um, and women in the government. I hope that answered your question. 
Yeah, I would, I would just say, I would just say, man, we're we're first submissive to to Jesus. That's our we we submit first to Jesus, and it's really interesting to read through the Gospels and um, what's the Jesus show, the Chosen. Um, I think does a great job of kind of highlighting this. That the the era that Jesus lived in was just highly political, and it's very it's very interesting to see Jesus navigate. He's very, he's first and foremost. Um, you know, loyal to the kingdom of God. But then he also says things like, give to Caesars, give to Caesar what's Caesars. And so he does this, I don't know, it's kind of this like political jujitsu where he's, he's both submissive, but he's also very loyal to the kingdom of God. It's his priority. And I think, you know, we as the church have to do a good, a, a good job at that, is navigating this world we live in but first and foremost, we're submissive to Jesus. And I, I don't think that could ever be black and white. <laughs> it's always confusing. That will always be gray. People will always be, be corrupt and bad, no matter where you're at. But we're submissive to Christ. Here's another thing to keep in mind. Paul wrote Romans when Caesar was in charge. There was an emperor. And you had to, if this emperor showed up, you had to bow before this emperor and say, Caesar is Lord. In the same book, Romans, 13, Romans 10, Paul wrote that if you're going to be a follower of Christ, we have to confess that Jesus is Lord. So under a dictatorship from prison, Paul penned the words of Romans 13. Yeah, submit to government unless government tries to step in and replace the Lord. Then you always submit to the Lord. All right, good. Next question. By the way, we've always had corrupt government. It was more corrupt in Jesus' time than it was, to, or just as corrupt. Corrupt government was not invented by the United States. We kind of perfected it, but it wasn't invented, okay? This is good. Can I be a Christian without knowing the Bible inside and out, but rather by using your lead to open my mind and actions toward a path to God? I mean, first of all, yes, you can absolutely be a Christian without knowing the Bible inside and out. Um, this is what I would hope. I, I would hope that, that when I preach on a Sunday or anybody preaches on a Sunday, that you would take it and if you don't know where to read, read that throughout the week. I would hate, I would hate to survive, try to survive physically on one meal a week, even if it was a great meal. I got to eat every day. I got to eat every day. And it's the same, for, tr the same is true for us spiritually. Sign up for the text devotional. I mean, pick, up, pick the book of John and just read a chapter a day. Um, but I, I, I would hope, my hope and prayer is when I teach, it would encourage you and inspire you um, to, because you have the ability to learn that same stuff. I mean, there's nothing, like there, I've got no... Bible gifting on me. You, you, could, you can read the same Bible and get the same thing. I've just been reading it my, literally my whole life. So there's 52 years of it, or 47 years of experience because I started, well, 48 because I started school when I was four. So, yeah, first off, you can't say you don't have a Bible gifting because that's, that's crazy. I love you. Um, I mean, Paul, I mean, can I be a Christian? Just the, that first part of this question. You know, Paul says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. That's it. <laughs> That's it. 
Um, I, but I do, th- I do think that beginning a relationship with Jesus causes this hunger to, kn- to know him more. Um, and I've said this before. Perry, how long have you been reading this book? 48 years. For, 48 years. I think what happens a lot of times, it, me included, okay, I, we, I sit here and I, I, I watch him teach, teach the Bible and I get, like, jealous. I get this, like, man, I'll never be able to do that. The reality is, I think a lot of us, we pick up our Bibles, we read one, two, three, four times, even for a year, and we're like, well, I don't have that. Well, he's put in the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I think if we, even if, if you don't have a Bible degree, if, you, if you're not a pastor, you know, you, like he said, you can actually attain the same knowledge. It just, ta- like everything else, takes time and discipline. Good. But you are also gifted, so cut Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I just... I made a 790 on my SAT, so I just stick by us. Next question. It's called a miracle. Pastor P says LGBT community members are welcome at Second Chance. Would a person in this community be able to be on the worship team, for example? Would a, would a morbidly obese person be allowed to serve in this area over an LGBT person? Why or why not, since both individuals are in sin? Dang, Cole. Have fun with that one. They addressed it to you. <laughs> okay. Well, let's do it. Couple problems with this question. I said this this morning. I'll say it again, even though it's a different context. When once you say this, LGBTQ community. You put all people in a group. And you got to be careful about grouping people. Because when you group people, you don't see individuals anymore. You see groups of people. This is why certain groups of people hate other groups of people. Right? Um, what an LGBT community are welcome at Second Chance. Would a person of this community be able to serve on the worship team? It depends. Can't, number one, can you sing or play an instrument? No, I'm, I'm dead serious. Because we put the best people in the position to succeed. There's no DEI on this stage. Best singers, best musicians, period. Okay. Um, so would a person in this community be able to serve on the worship team? Second thing is, are you willing to acknowledge that where you are is not God's best for your life? And are you fighting, are you fighting to get out of that lifestyle or is that your chief identity? Because listen, not only, would I, not only would I say no to somebody who's waving the LGBTQ flag, I would say no to somebody who's waving the Trump flag. Because we're not about Trump and we're not about that, a certain community. We are about Jesus, period. See, see, everybody wanted to clap until I said Trump, then you got silent. Let, let, let me just help you. He's not your freaking Messiah, okay? He's not your Messiah. <laughs> Trying to offend everybody, okay? Number three, um, would a morbidly obese person be allowed to serve in this area? Yes. Yes. 
You don't know what they're fighting through. You don't know what they're dealing with. Is it a problem they struggle with? Is it, is it something they're trying to overcome? See, once you look at somebody and make a judgment, you've become just like a Pharisee instead of getting to know the person. And the other thing that's happening here is a false dichotomy. Because the person asking this question, you're saying, if this is you, then you need to deal with this, not this. You are pointing out their sin rather than dealing with your own. That's called self-righteousness. Why are, why, are not, why or why not since both individuals are in sin? Once again, I'll say this. You said it. You said it. Now, I'm agreeing, but you said it. And the other thing is, man, I don't, and I don't think Ryan does this, but I don't sit down every worship person and ask them about their sex life. That's a weird conversation. Hey, before you get up and sing today, how's your sex life? Who you sleeping with? How's it going? Been, having, been looking at porn, having sex outside of marriage. I don't have that. That's just weird. That's a weird conversation to have. Now, if they come forward and confess, that's one thing. I'm just telling you, on this stage, it's Team Jesus. And if anybody ever represents anybody other than Jesus or any agenda other than the kingdom of God, they'll be off stage for a while or possibly permanently. I hope that answered the question. Just don't, don't put, let, let's say, let's say Tina and, and Linda. It makes it more real when you take labels off of people and you put their name in there. A little bit different, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, can we go a little can lighter? I just, can I just real quick Please, too, just dear God. Just to brag on, you know, Ryan and our worship team, like, he's, he doesn't just say this. Like, this isn't just something pretty to say. Like, it's so cool, and I know nobody gets to see this, but at, during the first service every single week, these guys are, are back there in the room praying, confessing to each other. Love, it's like small group. It's like church. It's beautiful. And we have actually seen, and I love each and every person that leads us in worship up here, we've seen even just in, in all of them, so much life change over the course of the life of this church. It's so cool. So these aren't just random, good-looking people that we stick on the stage. <laughs> we, we love them, and they're actually about it. They are, for real. So. Next question. And after this, after this, we'll do, like, we'll do three more after this, and then we're done. <laughs> you guys are the worst, man. I wish I could. Man, I don't even know. You want to like, know? Dear you, Lord in heaven. You know what, Cole? That's why you couldn't outrun me because the strings from your pants would trip you up and you'd be falling all over the ground without you being know, charismatic to come and heal you. Do you want to know something? Perry bought me these pants. <laughs> they have strings on them. Didn't he? Every time Didn't he walks you? by with the strings, I think the tassels in the Old Testament where they wore the It's my ephod. Huh? My ephod. Yeah, your ephod. <laughs> yeah, it's golly bum. I, I wish I could. Okay. Thank you, okay. guys. Okay, get Come on. We got two more. This no, is three unfair. More. We said three more, so, so this will be two, uh, two uh, three more, three more. There's one. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Men, if you have a problem with that, ask your wife what she thinks. 
I ask her, does she think it's cheating? And if she says no, it's because there's a deeper problem in your marriage. 100% cheating. It's adultery. Jesus said, if you look at another woman, Matthew 5, look at another woman lustfully in your heart, commit adultery with her. Can you look at porn and not lust? I'm, I'm asking for a friend. Can you look at porn and not lust? Okay, two more. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, take it back. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back to the porn one. This is actually. That was porn at night. See, I know you're not going to believe me. I know you're not going to believe me when I say this, but somebody asked me to ask you this. Is it cheating if it's of your spouse? Is that a good way to say that? He didn't ask it that nicely. <laughs> or is it is it wrong if it's Oh, if your wife sends you naked pictures? Yeah, yeah. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Honestly, I could worship to that. Praise. Some of you husbands are. Some I of won't you, tell some you who asked. Some of your Greg. wives, some of the women are like, my husband wouldn't love that. He would love it. Love it. Send it to him in a business meeting. Okay. Next to last question. When you become a Christian and you sin, do you ask God for forgiveness every day, or is it understood that Jesus has paid for our sins, past, present, and future? Yes. You, 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 you acknowledge, the, the reason I ask for forgiveness is to acknowledge that what I did was wrong. But the, but the sin's been paid for. But if we want to grow in our relationship with Jesus, we've got to say, Jesus, this is sin, and I'm sorry. Confession isn't informing Jesus on what we've done. It's telling Jesus, I agree that this is sin, and I don't want to live this way anymore. Yeah. No, I just think it's interesting people that kind of uh, hold to the belief that, like, I have to ask specifically forgiveness for every sin before I die or I'll go to hell, I guess. I don't know if there's a human on the planet that could possibly ask for forgiveness for every sin. I mean, I, we sin without even knowing it. And so I, don't, I think that's part of the beautiful thing of Jesus. He, he paid the price for all of it. It's awesome. Thank good. Thank God. Yeah. This is the next one. The last one. Is this the next one? Pastor Pete, do we really need to start another campus or campuses? Why can't we just keep what we got and focus on growing it as much as possible? Great question to end with. Y'all, first of all, I'm I'm, going to take this one. So y'all let Cole know how much you appreciated him. I'm going to be very honest with y'all. I've said this, this is the only question that's been identical all three services. Um, I love our church. I love it just as it is. If I had my choice, and I'm being completely transparent right now, I would keep it just like this, and just keep this puppy going for 15, 20 years. Um, but 
the, the problem is um, we've, we've already grown, grown, we're starting to grow this campus as much as possible. The past two weeks, we've been full at our 915 and 11 o'clock services. This is the only service that actually has room to grow. We've just about maxed this facility out. And listen, going to Greenville, let me tell you the reason that we're gonna go to Greenville. It's not because I wanted to go, because I fought it. I've been fighting it for a long time. But there's this thing called the Great Commission that I can't ignore. Hell is too hot and life is too short for us just to do a holy huddle and say, I sure do like what we've got right here. The rest of the world can go to hell. I don't think that's anybody's heart. Not in our church, at least, I don't. And there's actually a great commission at the end of every gospel. Matthew is famous for writing Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, where he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. That's, that was a mandate by Jesus. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said, take the good news to the whole world. Luke chapter 24, verse 48, Jesus said, you are witnesses of these things. John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said, peace I give unto you. As I give to you, you go take it to the world. And so there are too many people in Anderson and Greenville that are either unchurched or dechurched. They're losing hope and they need a relationship with Jesus. So the reason we're starting a Greenville campus, and after that, I don't know where we're gonna go. I don't have a plan. My plan, my leadership plan is to listen to Jesus and do what he says. I don't care if we're ever on a magazine. I don't care, I don't care about the numbers and the act. I've, I've had that, y'all. I don't need it. I am the happiest I've ever been in my life. But I believe with all my heart that God has gifted and anointed this church to reach more and more people for Christ. And if Jesus came from heaven to earth, we can go from Anderson to Greenville, right? The reason, the reason, ultimately the reason we're doing it, the reason we're doing it is because I finally surrendered. I fought God on this for a long time and I finally said yes. That's the reason it was it was, it was tough for me to say yes because I know with a bigger campus becomes more, there's more eyes, there's more scrutiny, there's more critics, there's more everything else. But that pales in comparison to the, to the kingdom work that I believe that God's gonna allow us to do as a church. So, so for me, it was an issue of surrender, which is a great way to land the plane tonight because that's my issue of surrender. But what's your issue? What is that thing that God is speaking to you that you need to surrender to him? What's that thing you've been saying, no, I don't wanna do that. And God's saying, no, you need to do that. Maybe it's to get involved. Maybe it's to sign up for baptism. Maybe it's to confess a sin. What's that next step? Because God's not suggesting it to you. It's a command. And when we surrender and say yes, man, it just opens up 
the floodgates. I'm not saying it's always easy, but it's always right. So Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every one of us in this room, God, that we would, we would live in a posture of surrender. And God, right now that the power of your Holy Spirit would be so, so real in this place. God, like, like that mighty rushing wind, Acts 2, God, you would lead us to that place where we are completely submissive to you. God, that's the cry of our hearts for you to have your way. Jesus, that's our prayer tonight, that you would have your way in us. And right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, if God spoke to your heart, speak back to his. Whatever that issue is that you need to surrender to him, you just surrender that right now. Just say, Lord, I, I surrender, surrender. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never surrendered your life to Christ. That's one of the questions. Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. We don't, we don't have to carry guilt because Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. And maybe tonight you need to pray to receive Christ. You need to ask Jesus to come in your life. If that's you and you want to make that decision tonight, then I'm going to lead you in a prayer from this stage. And, and by saying this prayer, now that there's nothing, there's nothing magical about the prayer, prayer is the way we ask Jesus to come into our life. But I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, and if you wanna pray to receive Christ, I want you to pray this right where you stand, out loud tonight, out loud, but not alone, because everybody in this room that's a part of our Second Chance family, we're gonna pray this prayer with you. So you will know you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus, but not alone. You're stepping into it encouraged by so many people. So Second Chance fam, Let's pray this out loud with them. If you want to pray to receive Christ, just pray right where you're standing and say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. Come into my life and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to pray with you I want to celebrate with you and I want to pray for you. So if you just prayed that prayer, would you do me a favor right where you're standing right now and just hold your hand up in the air and hold it high. Just hold it up and hold it high. Put your hand up and leave it high. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Hands in the air all over. Hands in the air. Father, I want to thank you for the hands that we've seen here tonight. I want to thank you for the hands that we've seen all day. Jesus, that you have moved. You have moved in this room. God, I felt you tonight in an incredible way. And Jesus, as we walk out of this place, may we walk out of this place fully surrendered to you because your thoughts and your ways are higher and greater. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody that agreed said amen. Did you have fun tonight? Hey, we'll see y'all back next Sunday for I Love My Church. Y'all have a great week.